Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 179. The number one key to a thriving relationship, take two. <laughs> this is Kate Harlow here. I am out here on a solo journey today, solo episode, and I'm testing out a brand new microphone, um, my mic that has been around the world with me for the last couple of years, my podcasting microphone has uh, finally kicked the bucket. So I had to run out and get another one here in Greece. And I was testing out the microphone and I recorded an episode and sure enough, it was muted the whole time. So right after I recorded the episode, I got on a client call and my client couldn't hear me. And I was like, oh no, because the mic was still plugged in. I knew in that moment that the episode I'd recorded so deeply and meaningfully didn't get uh, recorded properly with sound. So here we go again, and I'm trusting the universe, trusting that whatever I said in the first episode wasn't quite right, uh, wasn't quite enough. And so here we go. And hopefully this episode is everything and then some. So the number one key to a thriving relationship, I feel really excited to unpack this one today because I have been coaching and working with women for over 15 years, which is pretty crazy to say out loud, but it's been over 15 years that I've been working with women all over the world. And, you know, there are many, many, many keys to having healthy, thriving relationships, which I'm actually going to go through all of them today. But what I believe to be true with all the women I've worked with over the years, and especially the quality and the type of work that I do with women... I believe the most important thing, and Catherine and I have said this before in episodes, but I'm going to unpack it deeply today. Um, I believe the most important thing is healthy, thriving sisterhood in our lives. So in my experience, both in my own friendships, on my own journey, and in my experience with all of the women I've worked with over the, over the years, and I have worked with thousands of women over the years, uh, in my experience unhealthy friendships is one of the reasons why we have unhealthy relationships. And, you know, we've been fed, as you know, we've been fed this fantasy love story for our whole entire lives that once we have this one special, deep, meaningful relationship, and nowadays it's like our list is even longer as to what we want in relationship. It's got to be connected and he's got to see me and understand me and he's got to be emotionally available and attuned and and present and feminine and masculine and his heart open but powerful and on purpose and or wanting all these things in the other person 
And there's this buildup in the fantasy love story that once we have this grand big vision of love, then we're going to feel how we want to feel, right? Isn't that the reason we're chasing it? We're chasing this grandiose love because we're wanting to feel a certain way. And over the years of my own growth and my own evolution, the one of the biggest things that supports me to have healthy, thriving, romantic love is that I have healthy, thriving sisterhood in my life. And so most women I work with, when we start working together, they start to see that even their friendships that they thought were really good because they deeply love their friends, they start to see that most of their friendships are based on saboteur patterns, right? Our survival patterns. And of course they are because every single one of us, what your saboteur is, is your conditioned self. Every single one of us went through a process in our childhood um, of conditioning, right? We went from being these beautiful, wildly expressed, unique beings that were full of joy and full of beans and full of uh, expression and full of vulnerability and honesty, right? That were boundaried and truthful and open and didn't care what anyone thought. And we went from being that in the world, bright lights, to learning how to adapt to whatever environments we were in. So that's when we we take on these saboteur strategies. We learn how to survive and adapt to our school environments, to our home environments, to our friendship environments, to our cultural environments, to our societal environments and our social circles. And basically we develop that voice in our head that's constantly telling us who to be so that we get love, approval, belonging, safety, so that we feel worthy, good enough, like we matter, right? Like we're important. And that's when the saboteur first shows up. So is your saboteur running your friendships? For sure. Absolutely. And today I'm going to unpack that with you because when you can start to practice bringing your heroine in my work, I call it, which is just you in your most aligned self, you from the soul of who you are, you learning how to live from the truth of who you are, aka the new truth in your friendships, you're going to learn and practice it there. And then by the time you attract a relationship or maybe you're already in one, it's going to feed your relationships, right? And also, let's say you're a single woman, because this, I imagine this relation or this title of this episode will have attracted some women in relationship and some women who are single. So if you are single and you're listening to this episode, this, you know, when you know how to have healthy, thriving um, female friendships, sisterhood, in your life, you will, um, your, your heart will feel so nourished and so fed and so full by these connections when you learn how to do them in a healthy way that you don't need anything from a romantic partner, right? When we go into dating, trying to get validation, trying to get approval, trying to get um, someone to choose us, trying to get love, trying to get belonging, it's not going to go well. Why? Because now your saboteur patterns, your survival patterns are, are what is leading that relational dynamic. And that's going to be the setup for your, how your relationship goes. And the same is true in friendships. So when you're single and you have healthy, thriving sisterhood in your life, 
You're not going on dates like, hey, I'm empty. Can you tell me I'm worthy and lovable and good enough? Because you already know you are, because you're surrounded by women who are like you, who see you, who are evolving, who celebrate you, who who, who are open and vulnerable and real. And you have these expansive friendships that you're so nourished by that you go on a date just full already. Imagine, imagine being a man or a woman, whoever you're on a date with. Imagine you're sitting across from a human or a non-binary, whoever you're sitting across from. And you're sitting across from this soul and you're just home in yourself and your heart is open and you just feel good. You're not there to get anything from them. Not a boyfriend, not a husband, not a wife, not a, not a, not approval, not validation. Imagine how much more enjoyable it will be for them to be with you. Right. And what that does is it naturally calls out the depth and soul of other people. So it makes dating more enjoyable. When I was dating from my soul, like dating from the truth of who I am, when I first got to Athens, I enjoyed every date. I didn't have a date I didn't enjoy because I was myself and I only ended up going on dates with men I felt curiosity with. And because I love connecting and I was connecting from an authentic place, I got to really enjoy the experience. It didn't mean every single date turned into many dates, but I got to enjoy the experience. So when you are nourished and fed by your sisterhood in your life, and we're going to talk exactly about what what uh, saboteur sisterhood looks like or saboteur friendships versus soul sisterhood, what aligned sisterhood, heroine sisterhood looks like. Um, so I'm going to show you exactly how to do that today. But when you are fed in that way and nourished in that way, and Catherine and I have touched on this many times in the podcast, but I wanted to go deep into it today with you because this is my specialty. I create community. I have built this an unbelievable community that's blown my mind in my reclamation program where women are flying across North America, across the world to be with each other. They have connected so deeply just in an online program because sisterhood is what I stand for. And it's, it, it's created in all of my programs. And I believe that that is the most transformational piece is women having actually healthy female friendships and female relationships. It is essential for the feminine. If we go back to the beginning of time, women gathered. Women did everything in community, in collaboration. This is the feminine. We thrive in collaboration and community. But in the Western world, women are alone in their boxes, right? If you're a mom at home um, with your kids, you're alone in your box, like doing your life, even with your family, or if you're alone in an apartment like me, most women are just alone in their lives and they go, they hang out with their friends on Friday night for a few glasses of wine and in their saboteur archetypes and think they're having meaningful connection, but it's not actually nourishing their soul. You know, not to say, of course, some moments and some experiences with your friends are absolutely, but today we're going to more highlight the places where you're out of alignment because this piece is so important to love. So if you're already in a relationship or a marriage, being able to have healthier friendships and healthier sisterhood is going to nourish your relationship because it takes the pressure off the relationship. We're wanting, women are wanting men to give or, or women or whoever you're in relationship with, we're wanting them to give us everything and to be everything. And A, that's so unrealistic. B, that's so unfair. And C, especially in a heterosexual relationship, men and women are not the same. 
So to get nourished and fed by your your female friendships in ways that you that men just can't bring it to you now you can actually appreciate what you do get from the romantic relationship that you don't get from your friendships and they can meet different parts of you because they're supposed to. So Super excited to dive into the the saboteur patterns with you. So let's get into it. So for those of you who haven't done any of my masterclasses, the next Expanded Love Masterclass with my five saboteur archetypes won't be until, uh, I think it's happening in August. So I will tell you all about it on the podcast as always. But in the meantime, I'm going to, right now I'm going to go into the five saboteur archetypes and how they um, apply to friendships. But I have a saboteur mini course that I'm going to link below this episode and also so you can go to my Instagram to get it. The Saboteur mini course is amazing. It's just, it's quick. It's like 20 minutes on each Saboteur archetype, but it'll give you a more deeper understanding of your Saboteur and how your Saboteur patterns show up in your romantic relationships. Because we can't actually change until we understand all the ways in which we're out of alignment. And once you understand all the ways in which you're out of alignment, now you can see the parts of you that are shut down because your saboteur is in charge. And now there's so much more space to show up differently. So, and to experience the true intimacy that your soul craves, right? That's what we're all craving, but most people don't actually experience intimacy in any of their relationships because they're operating from their patterns. So let's get into it. So the first saboteur archetype that I always teach, I always teach them in the same order. Um, The first one, I guess, because it's just easier to remember them that way for everyone. So the first one is the fantasy addict. And of course, the fantasy addict in love is like, oh, I'm just waiting for the one. And I just want to him to propose and I just want to walk down the aisle and just want a big fancy fake wedding (laughs) like and you know I just it's all a production life is a production for the fantasy addict so the fantasy addict you know has a curated Instagram account their life looks great on Instagram not always like everything I say is not necessarily going to apply to you because it can show up in so many different ways. But the fantasy addict is what's is more uh, concerned about the fantasy that, that I'm portraying of what my life is as opposed to how I feel. So I want other people to approve of me, what I look like, what I'm wearing, what my life is, instead of actually sharing who I really am. So fantasy addicts and friendships can look like, um, I mean, it can look like, competing with your friends, um, comparing yourself to them. It can look like jealousy, maybe pedestaling uh, women. Maybe it looks like, you know, copying fashion trends. That's a little bit of the shapeshifter as well. But, you know, trying to portray who you are and trying to portray that you're confident or that you're perfect on the outside. And, uh, and, and so fantasy addicts can also look like hiding in your friendships and not really letting your friends in, not letting them know what's really going on. Um, this might look like, you know, maybe you're struggling financially, but you make it look like you have lots of money. So every time you're with your friends, you pay the bill or you bring a Prada purse. So it looks like you have money. You're per- you're portraying the fantasy of who you are. Fantasy addict also looks like you're on, let's say you're out for dinner and you're not really enjoying yourself, but you take a bunch of selfies. Fantasy addicts love selfies. You take a lot of selfies with you and your friends till you get the perfect picture. And then you post it on, on Instagram and talk about how meaningful your friendship is, right? It's like, Everything is about for the fantasy addict. It's the fantasy of my life rather than actually experiencing it. And we do it in so many ways. It's really, it's embedded in the the Western world. Fantasy is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. 
but it's the idea of what my life looks like, what I look like trying to be perfect. Um, that's a little snippet into the fantasy addict and friendships. So the self-sacrificer in friendships, this is a doozy and it's really, <laughs> it's most women on planet earth, I'd say, um, unless, you know, unless you swung to the opposite end of the pendulum. Um, most women are self-sacrificers on, on some level. And the reason is, is because we've been taught to be right. It's a product of patriarchy. We are self-sacrificers. We are, um, sacrificing ourselves to make sure everybody else is happy. So this looks like in friendships, you feeling responsible for other people's experience. This feels that this, the self-sacrificers, like, let's say you had a really long day and you really can't, you don't feel well and you don't want to go to your friend's birthday or you don't want to go for dinner, but you won't cancel because you are too worried about what they'll think about you. You're too worried that you'll let them down, that you'll hurt them. You'll disappoint them. So instead of honoring and taking care of yourself, you're, you're putting everyone else first, right? Self-sacrificers are Sometimes it looks like the nice girl, the doormat, the people pleaser, where you end up in relationships where people are really controlling and, you know, maybe they tell you what to do or who to date or what to wear. Self-sacrifice can look like your friends are going through a hard time and then you jump in the pit with them, right? Let's say you have a, a really good friend who's experienced some, some big loss in their life and you call them obsessively and you show up and you overfunction and you do everything to try and rescue or save them. It's basically the feeling like you're responsible for making other people happy, for making other people feel good, for making other people, um, for making other people be okay, right? It's like you've taken on the responsibility for others. That's a self-sacrificer and uh, shows up lots in, rom in romantic relationships too. But your job is not to take care of everybody else. Your job is to, to honor yourself. And in honoring yourself, it's the most honorable thing you can do for everyone. So here's the thing. I'm just going to speak to the, the all the different archetypes um, for a second. Every single saboteur archetype is trying to get something, right? So self-sacrificers trying to get love, trying to get, uh, trying to feel like they matter. Often self-sacrificers don't feel like they're enough as they are. So they have to do things for people to feel like they're worthy of love or to feel like they matter or they're important or to try and get friendships or get approval. The fantasy addicts trying to get people's approval and validation, right? So all the saboteur archetypes are trying to get something. So it's not really genuine connection because you can't genuinely connect when you're trying to get something, right? Because then you have an agenda attached. I remember someone said once, I think it was maybe a meme that said um, people pleasers are the biggest liars of all. Basically, all saboteur archetypes are forms of manipulation to try and get love, get worthiness, get approval, get belonging, but none of them actually have us feel any of those things. In fact, they create the opposite. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I have to sacrifice myself and how I feel in order to save you, that's not going to make me feel better about myself. It's going to make me feel worse because if our love is dependent on me stretching myself thin till I'm not dead inside and, and that's how I get love from you, well, then that's not real love, right? Because I have to hurt myself in order to get love. So they are all self-fulfilling prophecies. So the third one is the isolator and the isolator is the absolute uh, like can't be vulnerable, can't be vulnerable, can't share truth, 
can't share feelings. Everything's on lockdown. Isolators make really good friends, right? They're really great listeners, but they don't share themselves. So typically if you're friends with an isolator, the feeling is you want to get in there, but no matter what, they won't share themselves. So you isolators actually often end up in relationships with people who are very self-focused and people who love to talk about themselves because isolators make great audiences. (laughs) They're great support systems because they hold everything inside. So, which is obviously hurting you and also doesn't create any intimacy because nobody gets to really see you. And intimacy is into me, you see. So that's the isolator in friendships. The controller is the fourth one. And this is big. This one's really big in female friendships. It shows up in so many ways. Um, The controller in friendships looks like gossiping. How many of your friendships are based on gossiping? And, you know, sometimes the gossiping is talking bad about other people. And whether it's your boss, your ex-husband, your best friend, another friend, you know, someone you work with, it's like, A lot of friendships are based on gossip. So gossiping is that, but it's also talking positively about other people, but just updating your friends on everybody else. So I remember I used to have this in some of my friendships where I felt like we couldn't really connect. This is a long time ago before I knew myself. So I'd had nothing to connect on because I was fully operating in my saboteur. I didn't know myself. So I was trying to connect and we would connect by asking about everybody else. I remember I would get together with my friends and I'd be like, so how's your sister? How's your mom? How's your donkey? How's your neighbor? How's your, how's your uncle? Like it would just, I would just be digging to try and like make conversation because I didn't know what else to talk about. And there's a real deflection or lack of vulnerability when we're talking about other people with with the person we're with, right? Because there's nothing vulnerable about it. And gossip happens because your saboteur thrives off of righteousness, right? Your saboteur, AKA your ego, loves to be right. And we, we've been brainwashed from the top down from the, (laughs) from our whole entire lives, but mostly the school system and everywhere else, like the media. And we are taught to be divided and, and it's me against you, right against wrong, left wing against right wing Democrats against Republicans, uh, Canadians against Americans. We're taught to be against each other and to be right, right? The ego wants to be right. The ego feels like it's winning when it's right. But here's the reality. There's no such thing as right and wrong. There there might be consequences to choices, but every person has choice, right? Even if your choices are illegal, it's still your choice. Every person has choice. And we live in this world of right and wrong, which is a complete deflection of self, right? If I'm spending all my time looking at my neighbors, thinking of all the things they're doing wrong with their, their renovations or their fence or their yard or whatever, who's looking after my yard? Nobody. Who's looking after my house? Nobody. Right? So this is such a deflection and it happens so much in female friendships, female relationships, controlling. The controller is gossiping, complaining, victim mentality. I remember this one client who I love dearly. I have shared her story before. When we first started working together, her 
uh, her ex-husband had cheated on her many times. And she, in order to feel that righteousness of like, he's wrong, he hurt me, he's wrong and bad and I'm right. She would just gossip with her friends about this for a full year. Every time she got together with her friends, they would be like, so like, what's he doing now? And what's, and they would just gossip and complain about him. And when we first started working together, I was like, wow, how much of your life force energy is going to this person who's not even, I mean, you're co-parenting with him. So he's in your life, but like, how much is feeding this story? Like how much of your time do you spend actually enjoying your life, being in connection, enjoying the pleasures of life, doing what you love? How much of your time you're spending doing that? And it was none. It was like, I'm working, I'm looking after my kids and then I'm gossiping with my friends about how my ex is wrong, how their exes are wrong, how another friend is wrong. Like gossip is everywhere, right? And it's like in those moments, she would feel better about herself, right? She'd be like, yeah, I'm right. And he's wrong. He hurt me. And that's like a way that the saboteur feels like it's getting revenge, right? By feeling right. Because everyone will agree with you. That's what our friends are designed to do. That's what we've been trained to do is like agree with your friends, stroke their ego. So they feel right in the moment. So we also don't have to confront our own, our own truth and we get to deflect as well. So we stroke each other's egos, tell each other we're right and the other person's wrong. And then we go home and what happens? Do you feel better after? No, never. After a big gossip session about anyone, doesn't matter who it is, you never feel better after. If you do, send me a note. <laughs> it's very rare right? Because it doesn't feel good because guess what? You're not here to live everybody else's life. That is one of the biggest wastes of our life force energy is focusing on how everybody else is wrong, right? How everybody else is doing life wrong, how the world around us is wrong, how the government is wrong, how the 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 grocery store is putting everything out wrong or the whatever, like <laughs> everything is wrong. And that is such a waste of your energy because it's not your job to control anything except your own inner reality. So controllers show up massively in friendships. They also overfunction. They have a very hard time receiving support. So they tend to give too much to everyone because they can't let anyone fully in or fully support them. And as a result, controllers often feel quite alone on the inside and they often feel very unsupported, but it's, it's care of their saboteur because they don't really let anyone support them. So the controller, there's so much more to it. That's a big one. They all, they all have a lot more to them but that's the controller for now and shows up a lot in friendships. And then the shapeshifter, oh my gosh, this is the last one. And the shapeshifter is who do I need to be so you approve of me, right? So shapeshifters show up a lot with controllers. Gosh, mine sure did. When I used to be friends with controllers, that's why I gossiped. I didn't gossip because I liked how it felt. I hated it but I would do it so people approved of me, right? Like I've shapeshifted in every way just so people liked me. And I'd be like, oh, okay, they have an opinion about that thing. So now I'll have an opinion about that thing. And shapeshifting is like, it can even be fashion related. Like, oh, everybody's wearing, you know, baggy jeans now. So I need to wear baggy jeans just so I fit in with everyone else. Otherwise, I don't want to stand out, even though you're born to stand out, right? But 
the world around us teaches us all to be the same. So we're taught to shape shift. As women, we're taught to shape shift sugar and spice and everything nice. We're taught to all have the same body. Now cosmetic surgery is teaching us all to look the same. Um, fashions teaching us all to dress the same. So we shape shift to fit in, to be cool, to be liked, right? It's like the inner teenager is still trying to fit in and be cool. Meanwhile, you'll never feel like you fit anywhere because you're not home. True belonging comes from belonging to yourself. And if you never fully belong to yourself, you will never feel like you fit anywhere. No matter how much you contort yourself, it's never going to work. So just like all the other saboteur strategies, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So those are the five saboteur archetypes and just the tip of the iceberg. Again, go to the saboteur mini course below to, to deepen your understanding of your saboteur. It is life-changing. If you want to experience true fulfillment in your friendships, sisterhood, romantic relationships everywhere, knowing your saboteur patterns is the most important thing. So you know what part of you is leading, right? You know where you're building relationships from because we're all desiring to feel soul connection and deep intimacy and love. But when we're in survival patterns, we never get to actually experience that. So those are the, those are the archetypes. And I have five fundamentals of sacred sisterhood that I'm excited to share with you. I put on an, uh, an event for all my clients called the Expanded Love Weekend in Vancouver back in January. It was amazing. And the whole weekend was all about sacred sisterhood. And we talked a lot about all these misaligned friendships and everyone there started to realize how many of their friendships were not real. Like we're based on these survival mechanisms, trying to get something from their friends, never feeling deeply fed or nourished by them. And um, we went through the five fundamentals of how to have sacred, thriving, healthy sisterhood. And I'm so excited to share these with you. And I'm also aware that it's been a while that we've been here on this episode. So I'm actually going to save it for you for next week. So next week, I'm going to go into the five fundamentals. And these fundamentals can be applied to romantic relationships too. They are amazing. And they're going to help you know how to have thriving relationships with everyone in your life, especially healthy sisterhood relationships. So you don't need your partner or the, the man you're dating or the woman you're dating to, to feed every part of you. So you feel nourished and fed by the relationships in your life. So these are life-changing fundamentals. Super excited to share them with you. And we will do so next week. But until then, if you know a sister who is operating in her saboteur or who could benefit from hearing this episode and the importance of knowing your patterns and your friendships and how important sister is to a thriving relationship. Definitely share this episode with her. Check out the saboteur mini course below and much love. I will see you next week for part two. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.